0: What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am not Joe Marino, as you may have noticed. I'm actually Kyle Krabs, your co-host here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Joe Marino, uh, what a schlep. Decided to go on vacation this week. So it's me, Chris Schubert, in the co-captain's chairs. It's Monday here on Draft Dudes. So, Chris, happy Monday to you. It's good to have you, and it's good to hear somebody else's voice. Other than Joe's on the other side
1: of this call. This guy takes a vacation on the second week of NFL training camp, leaving us Imagine, leaving us out to dry. Unbelievable Imagine. the gall of this guy to take a full vacation. Yeah, it's you and I all week. Live streams, podcasts. It's just you and I all week. Joe's out a whole week. He's been texting me though. He's already on vacation. Something happened with the Mets over the weekend. He was texting me. I said, dude, you're on vacation. Leave me alone.
0: I um I texted I was texting him on Saturday night. Um Asked him what he was doing. He said, I, I'm thinking about going swimming with sharks tomorrow. So Joe's not a big beach guy. So it's a big deal if like you drag him in the water. So apparently he's contemplating getting in the water. I don't know if he actually did or not, but my fingers are crossed for him that if he does, he doesn't run into any wildlife along the way.
1: Yeah, that, I don't think he would do well against next next like a jellyfish or anything like that. He would know, he he'd probably panic. Yeah, hard not, pass. Not, not not for Joe. No, we'll have to get it update from later in the week. So,
0: that wasn't the only big revelation we had over the weekend that Joe might go swimming at the beach. Uh, Nick Chubb signed a contract extension with the Cleveland Browns, thirty six point six million dollars over the next three season, with twenty million in guarantees, seventeen point one three million in fully guaranteed money and uh, this is a big deal for the Browns specifically Chris because they obviously have a lot of money wrapped into the offensive line they have a lot of money in the offensive side of the football invested already and you have a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who is uh, probably going to need the full extent of his rookie contract and probably the fifth year option before they decide what they're going to do With his contract extension, and we've talked on Draft Dudes a little bit about how if we were in the Browns' shoes, we'd probably try to be proactive and set the market because if you're reactive and you let the Lamar Jackson contract take place, you let the Josh Allen contract take place, uh, you may end up getting kind of what happened with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott treatment, where you're going to be on the hook for a couple million dollars more per year if you let the market continue to reset, even if you're not paying him what those other guys get. So I guess from my perspective, the first question I have for you, Chris, is what was your first reaction when the news came that the Browns were giving $12.2 million per season to Nick Chubb?
1: Well, when I first saw the number, I was like, all right, here we go again. Another running back getting paid a, a large amount of money when when does everybody get off this bandwagon and not enjoy this anymore, right? When does everybody want out? And then I initially took a step back and said, okay, we have to see how it breaks down and what it looks like to see if the Browns structured it in a way that allows them to get out of this if things get get, get bad. And I have the details from overthecap.com of the contract in front of me. I'll be honest with you, Kyle, looking at this, I don't think this is structured that bad. I think the Browns did really well here to structure this in a way that allowed them to... Over the next two years, it's not really a big number against their cap. And even when it does get expensive in 23 and 24, they can save money against the cap if they need to cut him if if he doesn't perform up to their standards. Now, they would have dead money along with it, but they do save some money against the cap. So I didn't hate this, but I will say this. And you brought up the fact that they still haven't paid Baker Mayfield and how they could find themselves in a Dallas situation where Dallas paid everybody else mm-hmm. before they paid Dak. Can I tell you what else this reminded me of? This reminded me of the Rams, right? They waited and waited and waited to pay Jared Goff, right? And then they paid everybody else. And then they paid Jared Goff. And then all of a sudden that that backfired because they they create – once you pay your quarterback, you have locked in your championship window, right? There's really no wiggle room at that point. The roster you have, give or take a few tweaks, is the roster that you're going to have over the next three to five years when you have that big money contract given out to a quarterback. And the Rams, they their way out of it now is they just give away first-round picks. They're just trading away first-round right. picks in order to get whatever players they have. And, and to me, this feels like the Browns are going down a similar path. They're paying all these players, trade for Odo Beckham Jr., get Jarvis Landry. They still haven't paid uh, Baker yet. And so I'm just intrigued to see how the situation plays out over the next couple of years because, like you said, none of the quarterbacks from this, from that draft class have gotten paid yet. Josh Allen's still waiting to get an extension. Lamar's still waiting to get an extension. Baker's still waiting to get an extension. All these guys still have not signed on the dotted line. So it's interesting to me to see how these deals get structured, if it gives us any indication on how the team thinks about paying their big-time quarterback, because that's the next domino for Cleveland to to, to kind of work out, and it feels that they're not going to do it this year.
0: So the fully guaranteed money, uh, $17.13 million. They have $425,000 in a roster bonus in 2024, but effectively every other ounce of guaranteed money is signing bonus that's been prorated across the four years of the contract. So like you said, uh, the 2021 and 2022 caps uh, are small because the base salary is $920,000 and then $1.213 million. Uh, and of course, he's getting the big signing bonus and get that chunk sum of guaranteed money up front here and now in this year before the base salaries jump to 11 and uh, almost 11 and almost 12 in 2023 and 2024. If Nick Chubb plays to that standard, then you're probably going to have him on a steal, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're paying him in cash. million in 2023 and he's he's earned staying on the roster and continuing at that rate you've got to steal as far as what he's bringing to the table because that cash expenditure versus what a couple years down the road it's going to look like for the top running backs that's going to be a below top of market rate and if it doesn't work well you can literally save almost half of his cap number, which is $14.85 million in 2023. If heaven forbid he gets hurt or you got to trade him or any of that kind of stuff, you can walk away and save almost half the cap hit in year three of the extension. So as you make a great point, it's never the raw numbers. It's the fine print as far as what did we actually put ourselves on the hook for? And I think Cleveland did a really good job of being mindful of uh, the long-term benefits and risks. But I got to tell you, Chris, there is zero risk associated with buying yourself a box of Built Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are absolutely positively delicious. 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Nine different flavors to choose from. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. So whether you're looking for something to serve as a meal replacement, something post-workout, Something to grab and go, something to put in your nightstand for the middle of the night, midnight snacks, something to put in your glove box, your lunch box, your glove compartment. You name it, Built Bar can be it. And right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order of the world's most delicious protein bar.
1: Can I tell you what else this means, Kyle? What's that? Kareem Hunt ain't getting another contract in Cleveland. No, and he's under contract through... 2022. Excuse me. 2022. And he has a, he carries a $6.25 million cap hit for 2022. So if we add the two numbers for Chubb and, and, and Kareem Hunt, that running back room is north of $11 million. On, on his own, Nick Chubb is going to be 14.8 against the cap in 2023 for that room. Mm-hmm. So I would be surprised... If, and, and we've seen the way, even when they're together, they're both extremely efficient. They both get and produce at a high level. So Kareem Hunt isn't going to all of a sudden not produce at the level we've seen since he got to Cleveland. So if he continues to produce at that level, he's going to be worth the same kind of deal that Nick Chubb just got, which was 336.6. And I don't see the Cleveland Browns investing that kind of money into that room when again- Well, they can. They have to pay Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they can't. So Kareem Hunt, at the end of this contract in 2022, is gone. And now, how about this, Kyle? We've talked about this each and every offseason. When guys want new deals, they hold out. Is this a precursor to a 2022 training camp holdout for Kareem Hunt because he wants a new deal, and then he has to get traded? Now, I'm not saying that Kareem Hunt's going to do that, but you you certainly set yourself up when you have a lame duck running back who's going to want a new deal, and it doesn't appear that you're going to give it to him. I think that's the
0: ultimate challenge, right? Because Kareem Hunt ultimately, first of all, he's, he's had to do a lot to try to rehab his image after the missteps that he took off the field and going to Cleveland of all places and being the number two back has allowed him to step out of the prominent spotlight that he once held as the featured back in Kansas city. Um, Uh, The opportunities here are not going to be very high for Kareem Hunt. He's going to be a little bit more of a red zone, third down, pass catcher out of the backfield. Nick Chubb has 752 touches over three seasons in the NFL. He's only missed four games, and that was this past year when it looked like he blew his knee out completely. So he's averaging over 250 touches from scrimmage per year in the NFL. And through three seasons... He has 4,100 yards from scrimmage and 30 touchdowns. You just paid him. Right. You're going to continue to ride the chub train. Right. So, I guess my question for you is when you consider positional value, when you consider the financial aspect that's involved here, and you consider how easy it should be to find a pass-catching specialist at the the running back position. If Kareem Hunt gives you any inkling, and even if he doesn't, I would ride it this year, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're kind of locked in, your financials are set, you made this decision understanding what the long-term ramifications are. But if I get to the offseason, are we not trying to just trade Kareem Hunt anyway, regardless
1: of what Kareem Hunt wants? Right. Right. And I know you said not to do it this year, but boy, would I be on the phone with the Los Angeles Rams right now? I'd be on the phone with a couple of teams. I mean, there there are teams that would be interested in giving up a, decent draft capital for Kareem Hunt.
0: Not that I would ever think. Naturally, I got to cycle this conversation back to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> but the Miami Dolphins have a corner in Xavier Howard, who has suggested he is disgruntled in a trade, and Miami would. Benefit if they decided to move on from Xavier Howard to get at least some player back that can help them win in the here and now. Their mm-hmm. lead backs, Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown. You mean to tell me Kareem Hunt wouldn't be an absolute upgrade at the running back position? But here's the thing: that that team doesn't prioritize the running back position. They are banking on the rest of the offensive structure creating space to work underneath. So I'm not sitting here saying Miami should trade Xavier Howard for Kareem Hunt and a two and call it a day. Like, I don't think they would ever do that. But I, I, I think there's opportunities across a number of teams across the league that Kareem Hunt is better than probably half the starting running backs in the NFL, if we're being honest.
1: Right. And we're not saying he's available, right? Because they've had both. of these Right. Guys he, on the he, roster, not this and- year. Yeah. And, 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 you know, th- they had both of these guys locked up beyond this season anyway. So this is, but once you pay a guy, this kind of money in an extension, that's your way of signaling that he's the guy. You know what also, I think this signals to me, Kyle, is that there's really not going to be a lot of change in the way Kevin Stefanski calls this offense. They Nor going, should there be no, no, but this is, this is the double down of, we're going to play really good defense. We're going to run the ball. We're going to ask Baker to maybe make six to eight really important throws throughout the course of a game, and we think that that's going to be enough for us to win here in Cleveland, that we are going to be able to to get by with that structure. They have a belief that what, what worked for them in 2020 is going to work again for them in 2021. You can't blame them for thinking that, but I think this is the doubling down on that by saying Nick Chubb's our guy because Nick Chubb was one of the reasons why we were incredibly successful in 2020.
0: So I think what's interesting about the Chubb contract as well it's just looking at the annual average salary or the, the AVV for uh, the running back contracts at the top. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight contracts that are $12 million or more in annual average salary. The next highest is Melvin Gordon at $8 million on the dot. So these eight running backs are earning. more than the ninth highest paid running back in football. And those these eight are McCaffrey, Camara, Elliott, Cook, Henry, Chubb, Jones, and Mixon. I think what's really interesting about all eight of these backs is the team that drafted them is the team that ultimately decided to pay them. Right. I also think what's interesting about these is you have a pretty interesting blend of success with a handful that potentially you would have buyer's remorse on. I look at Ezekiel Elliott signing a six-year contract worth $90 million, and that's there's probably some buyer's remorse there on the part of the Cowboys, if we're being honest, especially when Tony Pollard looks the way that he does in limited opportunities, but... Saints and Kamara, do you think there's any regret there?
1: No, but but I I think you have to look at these individually, right? Because I think the Saints had a had a cap situation really bother them over the last couple of years and you can point towards paying a running back an average of 15 million dollars a year as one of the reasons why they found themselves in the situation that they were in and they did other stuff with Drew Brees's cap number and manipulated that a bunch. I get it, but like I some of these teams I think the production is there, but what they have to do positional value-wise to try to get more out of other places, it puts them in a really tough spot.
0: I think what I enjoy most about the Camara contract is that contract was worth $75 million, but they only gave him $17.83 million in fully guaranteed money. Compare that's that less to the, than that's less, that less twenty five. It's less than twenty five percent. McCaffrey almost got fifty million dollars guaranteed.
1: Yeah, sixty four point zero six three was the total value. They guaranteed thirty point zero six two. Zeke got fully guaranteed. Christian McCaffrey.
0: Zeke got fully guaranteed thirty one percent of that deal.
1: Derrick Henry got fifty percent of his too. He got fifty guaranteed, and he got twenty five and a half of it fully guaranteed.
0: Dalvin Cook uh, is the closest to uh, Kamara, and he got 25%. So he still got 2% more uh, th- than what uh, Alvin Kamara did. Nick Chubb, 17.13. It's nearly the same amount of fully guaranteed money that Alvin Kamara got, uh, but his deal was worth $36.6 million dollars. Uh, That's 47% fully guaranteed money. So there's no different shortage of ways that you can manipulate, right? And and that's kind of the point. But I do think it's interesting that these eight names are all players who are getting extended runways with teams that drafted them, regardless of if they were drafted in the first round of the top 10, like McCaffrey and Zeke Elliott would. Second round, like Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry were or a guy like Aaron Jones, who was drafted in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of economic strategy at play here. Uh, And if you yourself are looking for a little economic strategy, trying to come out with a surplus, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your favorite sports action, whether you're looking for action on Major League Baseball, the NFL is kicking back up, it's right around the corner, UFC, you name it. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info, all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information on your laptop or mobile device. Head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. And right now, when you visit the site on your laptop or mobile device, you could sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I have one final thought. Here And it it ties to the tight end position because I think it's really interesting. Uh, We are seeing a rapid acceleration of spending at the tight end position. Mm -hmm. And part of the argument for that is some of the mismatch opportunities that those players present, their ability to contribute in both the running game and the passing game. And I don't remember who it was, but there was... A former running back or a current running back. I don't, I wish I remembered exactly who it was. But when some of these other tight end contracts were coming through, and that was part of the conversation of the accelerated spending at tight end, the point was do running backs not do the exact same thing in that they contribute to the passing game and the running game alike? And I, I think you look at the names who are at the absolute top of the list, and McCaffrey, Camara, Elliott, Cook, there's little question those guys have bona fide three-down ability. Uh, Nick Chubb, 2019 was more forgiving for him in the passing game than what this past year was. Derrick Henry has steadily gotten better at that dynamic in his game. Aaron Jones is absolutely in that same conversation with McCaffrey, Camara, and Elliot for his involvement in the passing game and Joe Mixon's a really good receiving back as well. So a lot of these dollar amounts settling between 15 and 12 million dollars is that is there an argument to be made there for that kind of spending if you have that kind of player? who can do all of those things on all three downs because the general consensus is you don't pay running backs. You just do. You shouldn't be paying a running back, a second contract. It's too easily replaceable. That's a but very good you, Joe
1: Marino impersonation. It's very good. Yeah, I know. But
0: so I guess that that's kind of at the front of my mind with this payment, because Nick is kind of, I don't want to say Nick can't be involved in the passing game, but he is a little bit of an outlier relative to the other guys here in the top eight and spending into position as far as what he can bring you in the passing
1: game. I, I, think it's, I think what we're starting to see, and you can correct me if you disagree with this, but I think we're starting to see teams understand that and front offices and general managers understand the way they have to allocate their dollars. And I think this is because would you not agree that the way that this Nick Chubb deal is structured is, Is way different than the todd Gurley deal was structured the way david johnson deal was structured the way we saw a lot of those contracts from the last cycle of big running back payments that really burned the teams that gave out those contracts i think you're starting to see general managers realize okay this guy's really talented this guy helps our team we can keep him around and play funny money with the cap in order to keep them around and allow us to to evaluate where we are in our winning cycle and be able to add when need be. So I think what you're starting to see, because Kyle, I'm looking at the at the tight end position, right? And to just use the twelve million dollar number, there were only four tight ends who average per year is north of twelve million dollars: Kittle, Kelsey, and then the and then the New England spending spree of the two that just Henry.
0: added it and have never played it down on those contracts.
1: Right. So I I think what you're seeing is sort of this this shift in thinking of the way teams start to allocate cap dollars in they're starting to get smarter with the way that they structure contracts we're seeing these void years be put in we're seeing a lot of the money be moved around and if you can and and jamie eisner talks about this all the time on our td and fantasy podcast when we get into this kind of stuff if you're able to give cash up front in terms of a signing bonus and then you prorate it out over a couple years for the cap if you have cash in hand that you can that you can give out at the beginning. That is going to make this easier down the road. That is going to give you more ability, more leverage to maneuver these things around to be able to build your roster. We've seen teams do it a lot. And if you're willing to sign that check up front, if you're willing to actually have liquid cash on hand to be able to sign these things, you can get super creative in the way that you do it. And I think that's what the Browns did with Nick Chubb here.
0: Well, and especially because the signing bonuses for this position relative to quarterbacks right. and featured pass rushers and corners, it's a different conversation. You know, y- your signing bonus lump sum that's going to cover you four years worth of, of premier guaranteed money at the running back position is equivalent to your base salary for a top flight corner for
1: one year. So,
0: so I, I have think no at, problem
1: writing that check, right? And, yep. then, and, and then having the ability down the road to where if it doesn't work out, cash is already gone already spent it
0: right so you'll you'll take your lumps you can do a contract you could do a contract restructure and cut the player in question and you'll have a three four million dollar dead cap for that year and you might have to split the rest of it out over two years you could do two years of it just just literally take the nick chubb contract as the example right if nick chubb hypothetically they cut him post June 1st before the 2023 season. So he plays this year and next year on the deal he just signed. Mm-hmm. If they cut him post June 1st, they only have a 4 million dollar dead cap. In and the NFL, the, the other the other 4 million dollars goes to 2024 and that is a snap of the fingers contract restructure for any player at any number of positions, quarterback, corner, safety, Offensive tackle, probably wide receiver, your pass run. Like that's half the other positions in football. You can do a simple restructure and cover your ass.
1: Right. It it is, it is, we are starting to see general managers under not understand, but utilize more of the tools at their disposal with the way that they structure these contracts. And what I think it does, Kyle, is I think it allows you to keep a guy like a Nick Chubb and keep these running backs around without that long-term risk that we saw when. Todd Gurley and David Johnson, those are the two examples I'll keep going back to, mm-hmm. got their money in which those contracts were not structured the right way and those came back to haunt those teams. Uh, and and it took a, a you know, it, it took Bill O'Brien being in charge in Houston for the Cardinals to get out of the David Johnson situation. Right. That was the only way they got out of that because the Rams had to cut the check. They had to tell Todd Gurley to, to go away. And
0: then they cut the same exact check with Jared Goff. Right. <laughs> no less
1: than what, a year later? So um, teams are starting to understand the tools a little bit more and they're using them a little bit more. And I think you you see the sticker shock of oh my gosh, your running back just got three years, 36.6 million in extension. Have teams not learned. I think the way that this is broken down is a is a perfect example of teams have learned.
0: And we hope you learn to include the draft dudes as a part of your daily experience uh, with the draft network. We have four more shows this week upcoming. We have some really fun concepts today or tomorrow and Wednesday to look forward to as far as uh, a hypothetical and, and some team building and we're talking about cap allocations and kind of prioritizing positions. If you were building a roster and we'll get into that tomorrow. So we cordially invite you to hit subscribe, follow along, come back, see us again tomorrow. Uh, Chris, real quick. No live stream tonight, Correct. however, because I'm packing my bags. I'm mm-hmm. taking my talents to South Beach. I'll be in Miami Gardens for Dolphins training camp practices on both Tuesday and Wednesday this week. But we'll have the podcast taken care of for you. But I'll just, I'm it's going to be hard to do a live stream from 20,000 feet in the air or whatever it is. We could so try it, but it wouldn't go over very it, well. So. I guarantee you it would not go over well. So no, no live stream tonight, which means we'll finish – we can't finish the mock draft. Joe's not available. We're going to have to do takes on takes on Thursday and then finish the mock draft next Thursday yeah, takes or on next, next Monday. We could do whatever, next mo- you know, but yes. Oh, my Lord. No, I, I, re- trivia? I what refuse could go wrong. to do trivia by myself. Then it ain't going to go well.
1: Okay. All right. We'll do takes on, on Thursday. Yeah, but we'll do takes, takes on Monday. Thursday. Mock yes, draft next
0: Monday. So there you go. Lots to look forward to over the next seven days. Hit subscribe. Draft Dudes Podcast. Kyle Krabs, Chris Hubert. Thanks as always for listening. Hope to talk to you again tomorrow.